millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. It's your problems of a personal nature for the next while on Late Lunch. She's back with us. Counselor and psychotherapist Barbara Kelly is in the house. Barbara, good to see you again. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm very good indeed. Now, I have already a couple of questions lined up for you. From listeners, genuinely from listeners that have come to us, uh, we put it out there that you were coming to us and here's a couple to get us going. If you want to ask Barbara a question, I'll put a question to her. In confidence, today or at any stage between now and our next visit, get in touch with us. 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp. You can do that straight away today. Or if you want to email us, in confidence, I say, uh, you can get in touch with us, late lunch at lmfm.ie. That's late lunch at lmfm.ie. Barbara, here we go with the first one. And by the way, I had to look up the definition of this in the dictionary, I have to be honest, before you came here today. But let me read this message that's come to us. I was, up until recently, in a relationship with a covert narcissist, which was quite simply devastating. It took me a long time to end it, but I did. However, I'm still in the process of getting over what is, on reflection, a traumatic time in my life. I want another relationship in the future, but fear I could end up in similar circumstances and also want to highlight this type of personality so that others may not experience what I have. I'd be delighted if Barbara could talk about this next next time she's with you on your show. And she is with us today. You know who you are. Thank you indeed uh, for that question. Now, Barbara, yeah. narcissistic. Narcissist, Narciss- explain. Yes. Well, um, first of all, I just want to say that I, I want to approach this lady's uh, question or, or her, well, very interesting statement that she's made uh, from her perspective rather than from the person who has okay. narcissism, just so I can be clear from that. So I suppose, first of all, to say, yes, what is narcissism and it's a word that often people kind of bandy about um, you know people use things like you know if somebody's a little bit cocky or they're vain or they're full of themselves they kind of you know oh you're so so narcissistic and you know and it's actually I think been diluted over the years of what it really means and it is a, a real psychological disorder narcissistic personality disorder or NPD as it is referred to is an actual disorder um, and The funny thing is that it's actually, you know, somebody who is actually narcissistic isn't full of self-love and actually full of self, you know, confidence. It's usually quite the opposite, that they are actually putting on a mask and they are almost in love with the pretend self that they are 
putting out to the world. And by doing that, by portraying themselves as somebody else who's very confident and, you know, you know, can do anything and be anything. And this really, you know, um, like that kind of perfection, if you like, by doing that, what they're doing is they are distracting themselves and really preventing themselves from touching on their their insecurities. And you will find that somebody who who has narcissistic personality disorder has got huge, deep rooted emotional issues going on. So that's what you're dealing with if yes, you're with somebody like this. It's a very serious disorder. The words I wrote down was arrogant, self-centred, yes. mani- manipulative and demanding. Yes, there are certain kind of characteristics. Now, not everybody who would have the disorder would necessarily have all the yes. characteristics, but there are certainly kind of common um, characteristics and they would be things like, you know, a high, heightened sense of self-importance. Um, also, a disconnect from reality, almost kind of having a fantasy world. That, and they genuinely are believing that they're living this, that they are this person person that they are portraying but often you see is that's not at all the reality so how do you spot this in well, somebody this you is, know this is obviously going back to the question this we is have the here. really difficult part of it all and this is why you know and i'm so glad that this lady has written in and highlighted it this is i have a particular interest in this area as a therapist because it is something that is so misunderstood the, the main problem is that the person who has um, a narcissistic personality disorder, you know, they are hypersensitive to being challenged or, you know, if somebody doesn't agree with them. So what happens is if they sense that somebody, which is often in a relationship, but, you know, the, the glow goes off after a while and you start to get to know somebody and um, you're, you're maybe having a discussion about something or, you know, you're going along in life. And then for some reason, the person involved with somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder may challenge or just disagree with with something. And that's when almost the first flags can start to kind of be seen. Okay. Because the person with the disorder is hypersensitive to any kind of criticism. So what will happen then is they will perceive that they're being attacked and they must defend themselves at all cost. I actually, I've always think it's an interesting way to kind of see it. It's almost like, you know, to be challenged means to be attacked. And for somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder, they must defend and regain that sense of control no matter what it takes. Mm. And that's why it can be an incredibly damaging condition to be involved with. So from this woman's perspective. Yeah. Over time, what can happen is, do you know, it can just be easier to give in. If you're involved with somebody who has this disorder, you can almost get a sense of, do you know what, I'll just give in. I won't challenge. I won't question anything. I'll just because the fallout of questioning or not agreeing is so immense. I'm talking really like we're talking, you know, uh, behaviours like um, blaming, lying, manipulating and basically just going so, you know, desperate to prove that, that that they're right, they will change things around. And what happens then is that the person who's living with somebody or, or um, involved with somebody with personality, uh, narcissistic personality disorders, they actually start to question whether they are wrong. And that's, again, another reason why if somebody then, like this lady, has luckily gotten herself out of the relationship, the damage is so deep because, you know, there'll be that ongoing question of, you know, what was I actually the one who was wrong? Mm. Was I actually being She unfair? says that there, yeah. that she's still in recovery and recovering this. Because and it's worried. so manipulating. OK, and worried then, obviously would like to meet somebody yeah, else, so but afraid. concerned. Oh, it's, you know, it is an incredibly traumatic um, thing to be if you if you have an, an experience with somebody who is a really, you know, out of control narcissist. Um, and I think another thing that's really important to say is, you know, well, if if 
if it's that awful, why then do people not run a, a mile from somebody? Somebody who has um, narcissistic personality disorder, part of being able to function is that they they learn how to be incredibly manipulative and incredibly believable. And often friends and some family members will not believe when the person turns around who's involved and says, I had to, you know, I'm really either, you know, the relationship is breaking down or having a lot of problems and they touch on this whole area of narcissism. People will just look and go, I don't know what you're talking about. Is that what she means by covert? Oh, inc- and you know what? I guarantee that, you know, everybody will, if they don't have somebody in their life now, they will at some point have had somebody who is a narcissist in their life. They may never have realised. They may think that they're a really kind, generous person. They often do actually um, go into um, professions where they're, you know, quite giving and caring. But it's actually because then there's power and control with that role. So it's a very manipulative and it is a very damaging disorder. Do you think before we leave this or just on a final point on it because I want to move on yeah. um, that this woman should take her time uh, you know how should she yeah. deal with yeah. another I think, relationship you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad in a way that she's kind of saying that she is hesitant getting into another relationship she will be okay she will get into a healthy relationship but what she needs to do now is really focus on herself. She needs to rebuild herself because what has happened to her is very deeply damaging. So what I'm saying is to her, for her to rebuild, the very first key thing I would say to her is she needs to feel she's believed. Mm. That this is not in her mind. She didn't think this all up, that this person wasn't actually wonderful and she was the one in the wrong. There's a very good chance that, yes, this was a narcissist if that's what she now has come to, to, to realise. So what I would say to her is, you know, first of all, perhaps to link up with a, a therapist who is very, you know, versed in this area. Um, because not all therapists either have been exposed to this. So it's, you know, to, to look for somebody who has worked in this area and also to try to make connections with other people who have also been in a relationship with somebody and who have successfully rebuilt their life yeah. afterwards. Because to sit with somebody who, when you speak about it, gets it, is such a support. It kind of means I'm not going crazy. You know, this isn't all in my mind. And that is hugely supportive. And I even kind of think, you know, when I talk about somebody who has come out of a relationship with somebody who was a narcissist, they really are in recovery. That's what it is like. They are in recovery. They have been so hurt and they're emotionally so manipulated. They have to rebuild themselves. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's very, very interesting, isn't it? Let me read this next one that came to us. Uh, I'm a 48 year old woman now desperately seeking a loving relationship with a man after a series of disappointments in recent years. What's wrong with me? Why can't I catch and keep a partner? I'm fun, young at heart, fit and healthy, have my own place and a good job and I've given myself entirely to previous relationships. Is it me? Am I destined to be alone forever? Please help. And it's TC. Well, 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 Barbara, you've been having a look at this one for us. I'm I'm real into listening to what people say, the words they choose, what people don't say, their body language, all of that. And what really jumps out at me is the amount of negative talk that obviously is is you know in this lady's head and in her heart. You know things like desperate disappointments. What's wrong with me? Why can't I catch and keep? Is it me? Will I be alone forever? I mean that is heavy, toxic, negative belief about you and your situation. And then we have a little glimpse of hope there. A few positives are are mentioned around being fun, young at heart, fit and healthy, own place, good job, all lovely, really. And under the same category of 
positives we also have included that in the past she's given herself entirely to previous relationships as if that is somehow a good idea or a positive thing. And actually, I believe that's where perhaps the core of the issue here is. Why? Why do you say that? Because people talk about commitment. If you give entirely of yourself to someone else, then you have nothing left for you. And you have got to have keep back some for you, some energy, some time, some love. It is so important. You know, a healthy relationship requires two individuals who come together to share each other's uniqueness. Now, how can you share somebody's uniqueness if they have given everything to you, perhaps even morphed into what they feel you need so that they can give you what, what they feel you need? You're, you're losing a balance there. And I would be very concerned that if somebody feels like giving in a relationship 100% or entirely of themselves is what they should be doing, that I feel is a great starting point for this person to just stop and go, OK, maybe I need to look and see, do a little bit of work, maybe go and, and talk to somebody a little bit around looking after themselves, their self-esteem, what they think of themselves, their value, and maybe that whole idea of giving themselves some love and time and all of that. Because, And the other thing that also, I suppose, uh, jumped out at me was, you know, in the past, we always had this idea that, uh, you know, we attract people. So people would often go, oh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I seem to attract these awful, awful fellas. It's like I've got a sign on my head saying, if you're if you're desperate, come and get me. I actually believe it's quite the opposite, that we are actually drawn to and attracted to people who at that time in our life are actually reflecting what we think of ourselves. So if you look back over any, you know, when I I think personally, if I look back over some maybe tough times in my life and I think, wow, during that time when I was perhaps feeling very low or vulnerable or my self-esteem was really quite poor, I was attracted to people who really were not good for me, who didn't treat me very nicely, who would have, you know, I suppose used me for what I, I, I could give and then not really had much time for me, hadn't didn't give back support, all those kind of things. And it just makes me really made me realise that, you know, if you work on yourself and you really start to realise your own self-worth, build up your self-esteem, learn as well who you are, because we can kind of lose ourselves, particularly over the years. But if we go to a lot of relationships and they're not always the most positive, we can lose a sense of who we are and who we were. So maybe in this situation, if this person invests some time into looking, who are they? redefine their their identity. Look and see, you know, is my life getting quite limited? Do I need to maybe look and say, maybe I need to try some new things. Mm. Maybe I need to expand my interests, my social circle, all those things. And I guarantee the crazy thing is when you start giving yourself time and really working on yourself, then you will be attracted to the really right people, the healthy people. Who Isn't that interesting? It's, it is so true. Do you know what I was thinking of? One word when you were talking there mm. a moment ago, smothering. Do you know this thing yes. of smothering somebody? Yes. So what you're saying is that is not good. Oh. You need to have your own space, your own time, both come together. Yes. Yes, but, but not. I always say, you know, to clients, would is there anything attractive in a partner who will literally, you know, do anything, say anything for you and has no boundaries that would never turn around and say, whoa, hold on a minute. That's not OK. Please don't speak to me that way. Whatever. A boundary, you know, because they have self-respect. And the answer is no. If somebody doesn't clearly define boundaries and say, well, hold on a minute. I deserve respect. I deserve X, Y and Z. Please don't speak to me that way. Whatever. You know, that there's... 
that's an attractive quality when somebody is confident enough to say, I respect myself enough to say I will not put up with that or whatever. And here it's almost the other way, which is giving entirely, perhaps having no boundaries mm. and it being all about the other person. So work on yourself. Work Don't on smother. yourself. And this isn't about blame. It's not. We're not no. saying, oh, it's, it's this person's fault. But I think perhaps, you know, it's about look at yourself, work on yourself, really start to do things, try things, you know. And also, it may be that the people who have been in your life may not have been particularly healthy for you. But again, if you work on yourself, you will be attracted to the right people. Very, very interesting. Let's take this one. I'm sure we have time to deal with this one before we finish. I'm I'm worried sick about my husband. He lost his job two years ago and has never been the same since. We always had a great relationship. We've been together for 20 years and have four wonderful children. Before he was made redundant, he was very positive, outgoing. Uh, but now it's like he's just given up on everything. He is put on a lot of weight, stays in bed most of the day, doesn't have friends anymore and always seems distracted. I feel like I've lost my best friend and it's causing a massive strain between us. We argue all the time and I now feel more like his mother than his wife. What can I do? Do you know, there's kind of two feelings. I think many of us could listen to that and really feel for that man. My goodness, he sounds like he's in a really dark place. But then there's another part of me that thinks, I really feel for that, that the wife too. It must be so difficult to be living in that house and the children feel for them too in that kind of you know that sort of heaviness where you know somebody is just not okay somebody's really struggling and you know what I suppose what's what strikes me as well is this idea that you know it how drastic the change in his personality has been you know going from a positive outgoing person and now two years later being very negative and very withdrawn and often with a loss of a job people really lose their identity as well. And we don't always realise that. It can be extremely difficult. And a loss of any type, whether it's bereavement or even a breakup of a relationship or a loss of a job, can leave somebody feeling things like, you know, lost or um, very insecure, depressed, anxious. They can start to feel all the emotions of grieving because loss is loss. So whether it is the loss of a life or the loss of something where you might have, you know, predicted that this is the direction my life was going and then all of a sudden that's gone, people can be just thrown into a sense of grief. So sometimes, you know, people can naturally process grief and, you know, eventually adapt to their new normal and come out and and continue on and function. But sometimes people get stuck. And when they get stuck, it can sometimes trigger a spiral where they really, you know, kind of feel out of control. And there is a spiral. There's a spiral. several things wrong. But how do you kick somebody? And I don't mean to use that word, but how do you kickstart them again? Well, let's be, I'm going to be really honest. Nobody can fix somebody else. And that is, and that sometimes, you know, people go, yeah, yeah, I know that. And then you look at them go and they're desperately trying to, and I'm always telling them and I'm saying, get out of the bed. Stop. You cannot make somebody else better. You cannot fix somebody else. But what you can do is you can either contribute to their recovery or you can actually add to the problem. So what I would say in this is, you know, first of all, be open. Talk about that everything is obviously not okay. But try to do it not in the while you're pulling back the curtain saying get out of the bed in a confrontational way, but to be able to just say, look, I'm really worried. I'm worried for you, but I'm worried for us and I'm worried for the kids. And I really feel that we need to talk about this. And if if the husband isn't perhaps receptive to that is there somebody maybe a relative or a friend who maybe could meet up and just have a chat and just go look we're worried are you okay and just get 
the talking going? Because often if somebody's really struggling, I mean, here, this guy, you know, the weight gain, being in bed, withdrawing from his so- social circle, um, being distracted as well. They are all or they can be symptoms of depression. So I would be saying, right, we need to just kind of look after this guy because he may be in such a dark place now that he's feeling maybe quite hopeless. And the GP is really the first protocol is to try and get him in there to have a chat and just talk about you know maybe he needs to get some bloods done and just make sure medically there's nothing else going mm. on but get into the GP and then go and talk if he if he doesn't feel comfortable to talk to friends or whatever and look lads can be awful when it comes to talking about actual emotions so sometimes men will actually find it much more useful to go and talk to a therapist mm. And that's brilliant, you know, but it's just get the conversation going. But can I just finally say one really important thing is to this lady, she needs to look after herself. Okay. If she looks after herself, she'll be able to look after him, the kids, everybody. But most importantly, she needs to mind herself. Until the next time, Barbara Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.